We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Rotowire Basketball Podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. As always, you can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS. That's R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S when you deposit on DraftKings. It'll give you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Thursday, March 31st. Nick Whalen joined, as I always am, on Thursdays by Rotowire's James Anderson. NCAA Tournament. This weekend, finally wrapping up uh, with the final four games on Saturday, and then of course the championship games on Monday. No NBA games on Monday. I, as far as I can remember, that has not always been the case, or has it? I feel like in recent years that's been the case, but I I don't know how far back it goes. 
so we got OU and Villanova Saturday night, followed by UNC Syracuse. Who's winning that first Oklahoma Villanova game? So I'm really torn about this Final Four because, like, the only person I know that is like a legit fan of any of these teams is our buddy Andrew Laird, and he he's a Nova grad. So kind of in that sense, I want Villanova to win. I also have a buddy who has a 50-1 to ticket on Syracuse that he made on a whim oh before the tournament, and he could win uh, quite a lot of money if that hits. So on, the, on that hand, I kind of want Syracuse to win, but I think Oklahoma cuts down the nets. I think they beat Villanova and win the whole thing. Uh, just really like the way they're playing right now. I mean, if it's kind of to the point where if Buddy is feeling it, they're not going to lose. If they play so, their best, I think they're the best team in the tournament. I but I also so. think they have a little bit of a lower floor than they teams do. like yep. UNC. I think UNC and Villanova have a bit of a higher yep. floor. Their ceiling's not I quite agree. as high. And uh, so it's kind of me saying that sort of a bet on Buddy showing up in these these last two games. Uh, if they, yeah, I mean you're right. Like if if he's off you know from from behind the line and the nova defense does a good job on on their supporting players then they could they could lose by 10 or 15 points i think if oklahoma beats villanova i think they win it all and with you there because i don't think you're giving either unc or syracuse basically one day to prep mm-hmm. to face buddy healed in this team the, what concerns me is that villanova's had almost a full week mm-hmm. but you know i mean lon kruger's a pretty good coach too i mean they, the sooners have had a full week for for prepping That's for true. nova uh, you know that that game they played uh, against Miami is kind of one of the historically great offensive games in tournament history, but that really has no bearing on what they're going to do going forward here. I mean that that was just a once kind of once in a lifetime shooting performance from from everyone on the team. I mean they could easily uh, regress well below their average in the next game, so they don't really have. You know they're kind of a sum of the parts team, whereas Oklahoma's got got the star potential. So it's it's kind of a juxtaposition of styles. Uh, two good coaches though, two two really solid teams. So that, right. that's that's going to be the better game of the two, I would imagine. Does it bother you at all that that Syracuse is kind of the the underdog in this Final Four that we have a ten seed in, but it's not really it doesn't really have the Cinderella feel that you usually get with this with the teams you did this alone. It does bother me because like I don't like Syracuse I don't like Jim Beheim. like I don't I don't want like I don't usually if it's like a 10 seed and they're in the final four like everyone's rooting for them you know I feel like, like no one's rooting for Syracuse. I, I am kind of upset that they're there you know I mean they're uh th- those you know they, they have those rules violations like Beheim misses the first 15 games or whatever and uh you know at no point really shows any kind of uh, he did. He's never really displayed any sort of like I regret doing this. Like remorse. Yeah, no, no remorse. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, he's just always kind of smug about it, and you know, I I find their zone defense to be very painful to watch at the college level. They because of that defense, they typically don't recruit players for that system that are fun to watch on the offensive side. So I, I just really have nothing uh, good to say about this that Syracuse team aesthetically. And I don't really like the way North Carolina plays defense either, but they, they at least have some players that are entertaining to watch on the offensive side. So what matchup do you want to see then? Oklahoma, North Carolina? I want to see Oklahoma, North Carolina, yeah. I think most people do, right? 
I think people want to see Buddy Heald. Like, if you're a casual college basketball fan, Villanova's a nice team to watch. But you don't, I mean, how many people could name anyone on Villanova if you're not following the sport pretty closely? Right. And, I mean, I think most people, uh, most people are like, their brackets are done, you know, that, that whole thing's over. So they're looking for good games. Right. And Oklahoma, North Carolina has the potential to be a great championship game. Uh, would be very surprised if that game ended up being not fun to watch. Whereas, you know, Villanova, Syracuse could easily be kind of a, a Butler, UConn type of game where you just really are bored out of your mind right. 10 minutes into the game. So I, you know, no, nothing against the, the players on those teams. I just, I, to me, I want to see the best game. So the worst like case that. scenario is Villanova-Syracuse, right? Yeah, yeah. And Syracuse probably loses that by like, by like 15. I would even say, like, I, I think their defense would make it just kind of like a really, really boring game that awful. they lose by like six or seven points. So Villanova's two-point favorites over Oklahoma, uh, North Carolina nine-and-a-half-point favorites over Syracuse. Do those both seem about right to you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I get what Vegas is doing with the Nova line because of how well they've played in the tournament. I mean, they've been – I think you could make a pretty strong case that – Villanova and Kansas were playing as the two best yes, teams in the tournament. I agree. Uh, so Villanova, so to this point, has been the best team left in the tournament. But you know, I I would probably take the points there just because it's you know it's two two seeds. Oklahoma's got the best player. I think the coaching situation is very similar. Oklahoma showed earlier this year that they were the number one number one team in all of college basketball when they were kind of functioning at their their highest level so I, I i'd take the points there all right so we'll get to d'angelo russell in a little bit that i mean we were we were considering just doing an entire pod or maybe a, a week-long series uh about d'angelo <laughs> russell but we'll stick with the the college or at least the amateur basketball for now mcdonald's all-american game was last night i know we both <laughs> caught we're, we're, don't don't be confused we're not about to break down anyone's game yeah. Uh, oh, in the McDonald's? <laughs> well, speak for yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, I watched a little bit of this. Uh, you and I both keep an eye on prospects. It was, it's very NBA All-Star game-esque. I mean, if you're watching the McDonald's game to get a read on any of these guys, mm-hmm. you know, other than who's the best athlete, mm-hmm. you're not really going to get much else. You, but, all you, could, you can tell, like, how, what they look like physically. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Malik Monk was one guy who stood out and reminded me a ton of myself. And we were playing, <laughs> <laughs> we were playing pickup last night, and – I mean, I think one or two. I think you were probably somebody who looked at me and you're like, you know that Malik Monk guy, <laughs> that that like 48 inch vertical. Yeah, yeah, he looks a lot like you. Uh, but did any players really stand out to you? Again, not a, not a great evaluation setting. I didn't. I honestly didn't see it. So you're gonna have to oh. be the one breaking it down for you me. You were tweeting me about it. I well, I <laughs> I, honestly, I took that okay, as I'm okay, watching it. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, no, I did tweet <laughs> you about the the commentary. Um, that that might have been a little misleading. I could see how that that would be. Uh, I you know I've I cut the cord like so I I watch all my um, sports like through uh, like Sling, which is kind of one of oh, those Mr. Like, technology man. Yeah. So and like for whatever reason, my internet was uh, kind of crap in the bed last night. Thanks to AT and T, really suck. Shout uh, out, but yeah, shout out to AT and T. But but. So I, I turn the game on and I can like hear the announcers, but my screen's kind of like frozen. So I just I hit eject on the whole experience. Mm-hmm. But I I did get to hear that great line about how uh, success only comes before work in the dictionary, which I thought was just incredibly like blowhardy. And I 
needed to share that i love it today. i think that's that's one of those things that you know I, like i said if if we could get a poster of that in the office just to kind of keep us all on the, on the straight and narrow um there's a lot of other words that come before work though so right i mean like <laughs> but he's not wrong he <laughs> no has, he's not wrong he's in not the wrong. dictionary um excellence comes before work that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> didn't think of it like that um yeah i mean if you want to poke it's almost holes, like if you want to poke holes in his theory there i mean there's, there's ways to do it so yeah it's almost like it's almost like speaking exclusively in cliches doesn't right. always work right um so kentucky had a number of players uh in this game uh, i'm trying to pull up the the actual class rankings but they're going to finish with the number one class it sounds like regardless of where uh the number one player at least by scout.com's rankings josh jackson is yet to sign the cats are in contention Michigan State seems to be maybe the slight leader there, but we should get a decision on him pretty quickly, I would think. My question to you is, is this Kentucky team good, or this uh, this income Kentucky class, I should say, are they good enough to be one of those classes that can immediately you know, kind of team with whoever's left, whether it's Isaiah Briscoe or even Scal or some of those guys, to be a legitimate title contender right away? And for uh, the record, Kentucky I, has number I, four recruit De'Aaron Fox, right. number six Malik Monk, Number 10, Wenyan Gabriel. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Number 15, oh boy, Idris Adebayo. Um, and then one more later down, they're still in contention for a couple more. So Kentucky's really always going to be a national title contender to me, uh, as long as they're bringing in solid classes like this. Uh, this doesn't, I mean, it, it's hard to say any team's going to be as good as that that team that almost went undefeated two years ago and lost but I mean I look at you know Duke's got a, a couple studs coming in or like three top 11 guys according to ESPN and Michigan State's got a got a few top 20 guys and you know Arizona obviously in the mix there with with some guys up top obviously uh you know it, it there's there's enough talent going around where I think you could definitely say Kentucky. Like if you told me right now to pick like next year's final four, I'd probably put Kentucky in it, but I'd probably do that every year. Uh, just kind of siding with the talent and sort of seeing what happens. But I, I don't know if I would say they're the clear favorite to win it all. Right. I mean, we've seen in the past, um, you know, some of these years well that where they bring in freshmen and they kind of underperform. I mean, with Nerlens Noel class of 2012, um, you know, that was a team that started up near the top of the rankings, ended up losing uh, in round one of the NIT. And, and that was the class that featured Archie Goodwin, you know, a top 15 guy, Nerlens Noel, the number one recruit at the time, Alex Poitras, who ended up going down with an injury. So there are some, some other factors at play. But I think many people believe this is probably Kentucky's best overall class and probably their deepest class, at least since that first Calipari class, which included Wall, Cousins, and Bledsoe. All right. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. We'll kind of see what happens though. I mean like right. Scal was uh no no doubt top 2 recruit last year and yeah. uh, if he, he gives them like anything this year, they're probably a one or a two seed in the tournament, right? If he just gives them like 12 points in that Indiana game, they win that game. So if he, like, if he plays his B minus game for the entire season. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's I, like I said, I would pick them to go to the Final Four. I want to see how the pieces fit, though, first sure. before I'd say that they're the clear-cut favorite to win it all. North Carolina kind of following in their typical uh, recruiting footsteps, I guess. They're no five-star recruits this season, but they're bringing in four four-stars. Pretty typical of USC. You know, Instead of bringing in those one-and-done guys, 
and they have kind of tier two or tier three recruits who maybe by the time they're juniors or seniors are as good or probably better than a lot of the, these big time freshmen coming in. Do you think this is kind of the way to do it? Because North Carolina, assuming they lose their core after this final four run, you know, there might be a year or two there where they're a little bit down. And we've kind of seen this in the past after they won it in 05. Well, they're going to, I mean, they're going to have sanctions coming too. Well, there's that. I mean, that's a whole different ball game. And Roy Williams, there's been some reports about his health. I mean, you got to wonder just Mm -hmm. age-wise, he's getting up there. Um, I mean, he could could definitely retire if they win all this. Sure, that's very possible. Um, but I mean, just looking at it broadly, you know, the sanctions are a whole nother thing. Uh, but assuming, assuming that that's not a factor right now, do you like this approach of, you know, I think Michigan state for a while kind of followed this too, although they've been a little bit more, you know, high end consistent where North Carolina, they don't, they don't punt these certain years, but they know, you know, all right, this isn't our year. Next year is probably not our year, but next, next year, you know, once this class matures, then we'll make our run. Uh, I think that. You know, if you tell me I can do what Duke and Kentucky do, or I can do what Michigan State and North Carolina do, I'm going to do what Duke and Kentucky sure. do because, you know, I, I think you have to, as a coach, you should be able to trust yourself to get the most talent you possibly can on your roster and try to win with it. Uh, but perhaps North Carolina goes this route because they don't want to. Do they don't or they can't do what Duke and Kentucky do in terms of getting this? They many should be able to, guys. though. You know, it's like I don't, I don't know. I'm not on the in and in on you know UNC's recruiting tactics, but it it doesn't seem like they're really going hard for these top five guys every year. You know, they're content to, yeah. to grab the Justin Jacksons, the Theo. Pinsons. I mean, perhaps they think that there's a pretty good chance. Like, I mean, if you just if you're Kentucky or you're Duke and you're pitching. A, a five-star recruit and then you're North Carolina pitching that same five-star recruit I feel like maybe 80 or 90 percent of the time that guy's not choosing North Carolina so you got to pool your resources and make sure that you're actually bringing in like enough top 50 top 75 sure. recruits and not just going big for all these guys who you may end up not getting any of them and then you're kind of left trying to fill in the the scraps I mean like Duke can point to you know Coach K has his you know whole dream team connection and you know can have you know a guy like LeBron James call any of these guys or you know Cal can boast you know setting records for most guys going in the first round one year you know almost going undefeated uh look at Carl Anthony Towns look at Anthony Davis look at DeMarcus Cousins look at John Wall like these are all guys that have come through my program uh you know Coach K is going to be able to point to Brandon Ingram as a guy who came into the year without really anyone thinking that he could go number one and might end up going number one. I mean, North Carolina doesn't have any kind of, uh, you know, recent big-time success stories like that they can point to on the recruiting trail. Plus, you have the sanctions aspect. Uh, That wasn't an aspect of their recruiting pitches, you know, three or four years ago, but that has to kind of be part of it now where if you're like one of these recruits – and you're going to be one and done, do you want to go to a school where at any moment they could be banned from next year's postseason? I mean, it, it seems like uh, North Carolina is kind of being smart and strategic about putting their resources into getting as many of these kind of like four-star guys right. in as possible, and, and Duke and Kentucky just keep doing what they're it doing. Just, I think the, the recent success thing is big. You know, they don't there, – there aren't a lot of recent NBA players, you know, great NBA players coming out of North Carolina. And no. I think that kind of used to be the case with Duke for a while. That was a criticism. Right. But they, like Duke and North Carolina have kind of switched spots yes, in that exactly, respect. Exactly. In a lot of ways. I mean, 
You look since 2010. That was the year Harrison Barnes was number one overall recruit. He went to to Carolina. Since then, they've only had two top ten recruits: uh, Justin Jackson, and then the other one McAdoo. just escaped. McAdoo, right? Exactly. McAdoo is number five in his class. Jackson was number ten, so right on the border. I mean, and there's certainly you know ten top ten in the country is tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of schools that can I can gather that kind of interest now. But to me, North Carolina is on the same plane as Kentucky and Duke, and the recruiting just hasn't been. I yeah yeah like I mean I think you know obviously I think a lot of it has to do with the coach you know Roy Williams to me just like as an outsider doesn't strike me as a guy that could hang with Calipari and Coach K recruiting like I I just don't see I don't know that I mean it has to be he's got two titles the facilities are unbelievable the resources are unbelievable you got the Jordan brand and all that I just think that if you sit in on those three pitches or whatever, uh, and you're, this is kind of, it's sort of silly for us to sort of speculate as to all this I, stuff. I will say I was not recruited by any of these schools we, coming out of high school. And you would just have no idea how much like money's changing hands sure. and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, I just think you're going to lose out more often than not. If you try to hang with Duke or Kentucky, uh, I think you're, you'd be smart to like pinpoint, you know, a, a top ten guy here and here and there that you have like a specific in with that you think gives you an advantage. Uh, I think Michigan State is a, is really good at doing that. They're really good at bringing in guys from Michigan, uh, sort of regardless of how good they are. They're they're usually pretty good at landing guys like that. Uh, you know, obviously, you know teams like Arizona and UCLA uh, sometimes are going to have an edge over Kentucky or Duke on some of the West Coast guys, and they're usually good at at doing stuff like that. But I mean. North Carolina, I mean, they're what they're doing kind of has worked for them so far. I mean, they were uh, the number one team in the country coming into the year. They're in the Final Four, and you know, they're they're a team who at least can tell their fans like, hey, every five or six years, we're going to have a really, really legit chance to cut the nets down. Right. Yeah, and, and like you said, I think given the two choices, you obviously want to be Duke or Kentucky, where it's every year it's a legitimate possibility. The thing with North Carolina is like when you go all in on one year, and to their credit, it's worked. I uh-huh. mean, they've kind of been on that national title rotation, and this might be the next the, one this year. They also haven't gotten bit by, uh, you know, like you've seen teams like, uh, you know, like Arizona with like Nick Johnson right. or, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Sam Decker. There's there's other examples too where a guy like uh, Tyus Jones with Duke last year, where you aren't expecting that player to be one and done or to be two and done. And they're part of your big plan to put this great team together. And then all of a sudden, like they outperform what you think they're going to do. And then they're gone. Like North Carolina hasn't had anybody like that. I mean, JP Tokido, but that's not like a backbreaker really for a program. So, I mean, but I mean, he certainly would be a nice addition to this team. It's kind of crazy to think. And Brandon Ingram, Everyone expected him to go to UNC until right before signing day. I mean, you can imagine what that team would be like mm-hmm. with him uh, and what, I guess, Duke would be without him. I think him. he made the right call, though, because Probably. you think about the touches right. in either spot. Well, uh, I mean, he's go, he's playing in a front court with you know Hicks, Meeks, Johnson. I mean, does he – I don't even know if I mean, he he's just kind of right like away. a – he's just kind of a guy. Like, he's a guy that you, where you're like, oh, this guy's super talented, but you don't really know right. what he's capable of because he's probably taken like eight or nine shots a yeah. game. Yeah, and it's easy, it was easier, I think, for Duke to let him have the role that he did, you know. Mm-hmm. Give it, I, I wouldn't say Duke came into the season knowing they weren't going to win the title, but I think it, North Carolina would have been more hesitant to just hand the offense over to him at times, whereas Duke – 
you know, kind of given their expectations for this year, I think was able to do that. But, you know, the only downside, I guess, of the Carolina strategy is when you go all in for these one years, Mm -hmm. if you get knocked out early, all of a sudden you got to hit reset and you don't really have anything to show for it. All right, last last high school topic, best name in the 2016 class. I spent some time this morning doing some extensive research, which consisted of sifting through a few pages of Scout.com's 2016 rankings. So I went through the first 10 pages. We're going to get a pretty good sample. Uh, that That's basically about like 300 players that I looked through. Narrowed it down to six for you. Uh, the, our finalists are De'Aaron Fox. That's D-E apostrophe Aaron Fox. He was playing in the McDonald's game. He's going to U.K., Seventh Woods, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's ranked somewhere in the mid twenties. Spell to it how it sounds. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Unique McLean, uh, that's another. I want to say it's is it. I wa- I'm hoping it's McLean. McLean doesn't seem like a last name. Sure. McLean like McLean Fine. like John well, McLean Die Hard. Like. I guess. Uh, is that a movie? <laughs> is that a movie? We'll uh, <laughs> we'll go with McLean for this sake. He's going to UMass. My favorite. Papa Njai, uncommitted, still keeping his options open. That is your favorite. (laughs) I think this is the office favorite when we pulled a couple guys. Leroy Butts, also uncommitted. And we got Raekwon Long. He's going to Florida International. Huge get for Golden Panther Nation. Yeah, so to me it's it's Leroy Butts. Honorable mention, Raekwon Long, Seventh Woods, and Unique McLean. Uh, I mean, Leroy Leroy could be a great name or a terrible name, depending on uh, the individual who it's assigned to. Uh, but with, you know, a last name like Butts, you know, a basketball player. It's tough to mess that one Really, up. yeah. No, I think it's it's pretty great. I don't know much about his game. I'm I'm hoping that he's kind of like – uh you know an undersized four that just really crashes the glass uh but you know who who knows i think of the name leroy i think scrap just scrappy i I think trevor booker you know like all the way it looks so it looks like he was (laughs) these headlines are just ridiculous he was committed to rutgers as i see an article here i might have to go a different direction but nobody backed out okay uh, as we see our latest article butts backs off rutgers (laughs) play yeah he does um there's a, there's an article here that that is titled another Kevin Durant question mark. <laughs> so he's a three star. Another one? Oh, you're right. What's okay. with all these Kevin Durants? He's a three star recruit. Listed as a power forward, six foot six. Bingo. There we Nailed go. it. All right, Leroy. Uh, so it looks like right Where's now he's going. Deciding. Well, between. his schools of interest are Cincinnati, DePaul, basically the entire. Uh, <laughs> what is it now? The Big East, I guess. Cincy, DePaul, Georgetown, Rutgers, Tennessee, Ugh. Virginia Tech, Buzz Williams. That's a terrible. Uh, but it looks like the one that he's le- that Scout.com shows is leading the way right now is Rhode Island. I I would go to Rhode, to Rhode Island, Island over those over those other programs as well. All right, well that's enough of that. I again I'm going with Papa Enjai. You're going Leroy Butts. Do we I know where Raekwon Long's going? I want to know where Raekwon Raekwon Long, Long um, Florida International. Hmm. Sorry, was it? Were you expecting better? No, yeah, I was hoping for. Something. With a name like that, I mean, that's he, being named Raekwon should automatically give you four star status. Mm-hmm. He should have gone to like St. John's. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go Diamond Stone or D'Angelo Russell first? Uh, let's see. What time do we got to cut this off for a quick break? Um, well, I mean, it's a podcast, so the plan was <laughs> right, to just blend right. it as if yeah. there wasn't a break. Uh, but I guess we got about fifteen minutes. All right, let's do. Let's save 
let's save D'Angelo for last. Let's do let's do Diamond Stone. We'll work our way up the. Uh, you know, we went high school and then we'll go college and we'll go pro. Debauchery ladder. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Diamond Stone. Um, <laughs> this is. I think I like this one more than the D'Angelo one. This is just like it's, Diamond is lucky that this happened this week. It's one of my favorites because everything, anything that ever happens, like even the Kyrie stuff, that was a big deal for like a day. Doesn't matter anymore. D'Angelo overshadowed mm-hmm. it. Diamond Stone hooking up with what's clearly basically a a girl who <laughs> makes her. Fame, I guess, off of sleeping with athletes. Guys, <laughs> she's she's so a, a girl who goes apparently goes to the University of Maryland or at least lives on campus who goes by yes. the name Queen of Nudes. Yeah, is that right? Okay, so she has a Snapchat account sure. and is very public about said account mm-hmm. and apparently had Diamond Stone over for a night of consensual sex. Well, I don't oh, know if it, it was a could night. have been an afternoon. It, for, could have it been, probably was an afternoon, and yeah. then openly criticized him on the Snapchat account. Right. Um, for what he, for what he did or did not get accomplished right. in that, uh, that. So there's a photo of, of a, a pretty sullen looking di- right. diamond stone yeah. kind of walking out of yeah. her apartment, uh, and her clearly labeling it. You know, saying, right. this, "I mean, it's, it's him. He's wearing Maryland mm-hmm. basketball gear, right. and, yeah. and he's six foot eleven. Yeah. So my question, I mean, first of all, does this actually mean anything for his status, like draft stock? Draft stock. Um, I don't think so. No, I mean it'd be funner, funnier to say it does, but. Uh, he was already kind of a guy sort of trending down to me just based on guys that had kind of moved up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's just really funny. And if I was like his teammate, one of his teammates, I'd give him a ton of crap for this. I'm sure they have, uh, you just gotta be smarter. I mean, like if you're a, if you're like a major college basketball player and you are just looking for, some random sex like you should be able to have said sex with uh someone who's not gonna embarrass you for the whole someone who's not clearly doing this for like someone of a living right (laughs) yeah like someone who's not like hoping and planning to snapchat the the before i highly doubt this is the first time that it's happened you know like he had to know what he was getting himself into right Uh, so we're more disappointed in him that he had to resort to this right yeah it's kind of just it's a bad look you know it's uh (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are other guys that are going to go in the first round who have similarly weak sex games, but it's not common knowledge. You know, the whole world doesn't know about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's too bad. Too bad for Diamond, but I I kind of think it's sort of interesting as to where he goes in the draft just because he just seems like a, te- uh, a player – who a lot of smart teams might shy away from. And a lot of those smart teams are picking in that area of the draft where you would think that Diamond Stone's going to go. Why Why do you think smart teams shy away? Uh, I just don't think he's a big who doesn't bring anything defensively other than, like, rebounding. So how many of those how – many, how many, like, seven-footers who aren't good defenders – can't shoot threes, can't shoot free throws. Like, how many of those guys are in the league that are good players? Do you, do you want like an actual number? Because it's going to be pretty low. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, can you think of any? Can you think of any seven footer who's nine and above average defender and can only score within like five or six feet? That's a good NBA player. I mean, you're looking at like your Al Jeffersons. 
Stone's a little bit. Stone's a better defender. I think he has the. People, he's teams, a better defender than Al Jefferson. Teams can see him and see the way that you could develop him into a good defender. Right. He's a better defender than Al Jefferson, but Al Jefferson's like, you know, peak Al Jefferson was one of the best post scorers in the league. You know, so I. That's an interesting comp, but they're. Just I mean, very, I don't think I don't they're think they're very. Different very yeah, I don't think yeah. they're similar. That was just kind of a. I mean, I think Stone to me projects as like a. I don't think he's he's like a twenty minute a game. He's like an Ed Davis and Nick for that type of role. You know, he can be he can be if you're a pretty decent team like the Blazers, he can be your first guy off the bench. You know, maybe he's more of like an Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson, that's that's a slap in the face to Amir Johnson. I think Amir's better than that. Amir's like Amir's a pretty good like he's a very skilled player. Stone was a pretty good college player. Do we even? He was a seven footer with like an athletic seven footer in the Big Ten, like. I mean, he wasn't. It's not like every single night he was putting up double doubles. I mean, he had some a, nights. He had some really good games in the Big Ten as an athletic All seven right. footer. Like I would so hope where, he could. So where's do that. like an ideal spot for him to land? Like what about Dallas at like fifteen, sixteen, wherever they're at? Oh, Rick Carlisle would hate him. Uh, yeah. I I think <laughs> actually, yeah. I think you know Washington, the Clippers would be interesting. Well, they they had Cole Aldridge. <laughs> That's right. He's, he'd be blocked. Um, you know, Draft Express has him going to the the Hornets. Sure, uh, I could see Boston just rolling the dice if if you know, say they're picking twenty two where they're projected to pick right now, and all the guys that they really like are gone, which is entirely possible. Then maybe they just say this guy's got uh, enough upside where we're going to roll the dice, even though we don't even really like him that much. You know, he's got a ton of upside, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'll go kind of in the the twenties somewhere to to a team that just really doesn't like what's left on the board and is just going to roll the dice on on a guy with his size and athleticism. But I I just don't really see him amounting to much in the NBA. Be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official DFS partner of RotoWire. With daily fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want. You can pick a new team every time you play. You can challenge your friends in a custom league to prove that you are the superior GM. You can also square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. Again, that promo code is ROTOHOOPS. It can be used at DraftKings.com. All right. Now, into the real meat and potatoes. (laughs) Of the Roto-Wire basketball podcast. D'Angelo Russell, a guy that we both love, uh, did as, something that I don't think as we a, both as love. As a player. As a player. I don't follow him on Snapchat. I, I don't know if I will have to change that. If I were him, <laughs> I would just... Do you follow any athletes on Snapchat? Um, is, that, Quin- is this too embarrassing just one, for you to no, answer? No, Quincy Miller. Uh, really? For, yeah, he's the only one. He, he Snapchatted me once. It was pretty cool. This was like <laughs> a couple years ago when he was actually like still somewhat relevant. All right. Yeah, I was like, hey. Cool. What's up, man? Nice. And, I, you know, because I think I was just with a friend. He's like, no, you're not friends with Quincy Miller on Snapchat. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh yes, I am. Oh, yeah. There is not a lot of <laughs> like action going on here. <laughs> and I snapped him. I'm like, hey, man, this is out back in college days. Sure, sure. Snap back right away. What's up, dude? It's like, and, you know, for me at that point, this is a big deal, getting a snap from Quincy that, Miller. That is. Former that's... Baylor starter. <laughs> Quincy <laughs> that, Miller. That is, that's an accurate um, description. So he's the only one. Uh, you know, I followed a couple of team accounts, but those mm-hmm. – those get pretty lengthy. I find sure. you really got to like rapid tap the screen right. to get through those. Um, but D'Angelo Russell, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably know the story by yes. now. Is this the most bizarre story to come out of the NBA this season? Um, 
it's been a really bizarre season with stuff like this. Uh, you know, one of my one of my favorites was the the Kurt Rambis liking porn like on on Twitter. That was good. Those were all. Uh, there's been so many minor <laughs> ones like that. But, yeah, like those like, were all like one day stories. Right, like we're going on right. day three at this. I time. wish the Kurt Rambis thing had lasted longer, <laughs> but um, we, he kind of got let off the hook, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um the d'angelo russell thing i think is is it is probably because like it it had the perfect kind of blend of characters team like we were talking on the way back from from basketball on wednesday like about how you know tony parker uh allegedly cheated on uh, brent barry's wife who he was in the process of divorcing but that was the spurs and it was tony parker and brent barry and it's kind of like you know who who really cares it's um, like if you could say which nba player would you like to be embattled embroiled in a snapchat <laughs> cheating controversy like number one pick nick young and yeah, like, oh here we go we right. got our wish right and yeah because it's it's not a you know you got all the, you got all the elements you know nick young already kind of a famous in non uh sports junkie circles for his sort of just general persona uh dating someone who's famous in non sports circles for her uh, mediocre music and uh the lakers who are probably one of the bigger maybe the biggest franchise in the league in terms of just headlines and stuff like that you have the added element of the lakers just being a complete disaster this season and this just kind of adding fuel to that fire and then you have like the number two overall pick who is just I, I, for some reason, people just love to kind of tear down guys like that. You know, like uh, yeah, I think back to like Anthony Bennett, and like everyone was just in such a rush to like rip that kid to part to shreds, and it's like he didn't do anything. Like the Cavs took him number one; he shouldn't have I mean, been. He literally taken, didn't do anything. He shouldn't have been taken number one, but it's not his fault. Like I didn't drop uh, myself. <laughs> yeah, like uh, D'Angelo Russell gets taken number two overall by the Lakers, who are having a terrible year, and then now. You know, people are just all over D'Angelo Russell, and I think some of that is definitely warranted. Uh, but you and I are both in, in agreement on this. I don't think it's even really debatable. Like, this was just a prank gone incredibly wrong. Like, this this wasn't a guy trying to, like, trying to expose Nick Young for cheating on his fiance. He was trying to kind of do like some sort of like gotcha like hidden camera stuff with him as just like a prank that he was probably going to show like teammates or something like that and it just kind of really got out of hand in in a hurry uh i think that it, i told you this and you were kind of just appalled that i would even even think of it but i kind of I still think Byron Scott probably, if not the worst, then the the second worst coach in the league. But I kind of want to take back a tiny bit of the heat that I was lumping on him earlier in the season because he had like a quote where he was like, you know, sometimes this kid acts 19, sometimes he acts like he's 14. And like this sort of kind of gives me kind of a glimpse into what Scott's talking about there because to me like this is just – a total like high school thing, right? Like this is the type of thing that you would do, you know, as like a 16 or 17 year old. And you just think that this was like hilarious. And then you'd look back like in five or six years and be like, what the heck was I doing? Like back then. And like D'Angelo Russell's clearly like, you know, maturity wise is at that level. Right. Like he's not, 
he's not a man. Like, I think he's, he's still like a, a kid. Kind I of. think it's tough for especially guys like Byron. I mean, he's quite a bit older now than right. than current players, and even even veteran players. You know, you've seen you know, Marcus Morris talked about. It. He said he would. He's like, yeah, I'll probably never talk to him again, as if they were talking all the time. <laughs> yeah, but as if they like, were that'll tight. be tough. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I think it's very hard if you're like if you're like a player who's 25 or older to even grasp what happened like to think like right well, so you're just hanging out and you were just filming him you know like i think to them right. it's like this kid is an idiot like, right. but i think you know for younger players like you know people are doing that all the time instagram right. video snapchat video so like i mean i certainly blame russell everybody oh, yeah. i mean right it's crazy that people are defending nick young is coming out of this about as well as he possibly could like people are defending it's him his fiance who he was exposed for cheetah god is defending him right like, it's, it's insane that's that's the thing is like you and it's not uh it's just it's 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 kind of a shame because like i really love russell's game but uh hard to i think you make a good point about like the veteran thing like hard to you know he's gonna have to really ball out there's no way to to get accepted by like future like veteran teammates like he's gonna have to earn their respect by what he does on the court because they're not gonna want to hang out with him off the court you know and that's to be, not to be fair. I don't like the whole argument of like I'm never talking to him again. It's too, it's too he's too much of a risk. Like he's not gonna do this no, again. No, no, no. Come like on. I think that, uh, you know, if I'm a franchise, I still want to trade for D'Angelo yes, Russell. Like I mean, he's still a guy who, you know, I just, I hope kind of mentally he's gonna be strong enough to sort of handle, uh you know what i mean he's already been through a lot in the past couple of days but uh you hope that he this doesn't kind of set him back and get in his head and you know he played 35 minutes in their game on wednesday so that's a good sign i mean he's been shooting below 40 percent this month so that's not a good sign but uh yeah i don't know it, it's just really kind of too bad that it happened to him on this kind of a public level right you know, it would have been nice, nicer if it had just been sort of an internal thing. Right. I mean, who knows how many times this has happened and it's not gotten out. And you don't want to <laughs> – how many times he's, he's videotaped. Well, not him, days, but so. I mean like on other teams, you know, <laughs> or other players. But I do um, agree with you that it it's it doesn't help him that he's D'Angelo Russell, that mm-hmm. it's the Lakers, that it's Nick Young, that it's Ziggy Azalea. You know, it, like, we wouldn't be talking about this right now if – I don't know, Nikola Jokic had revealed that Gary Harris was cheating on his fiance. you know? Well, you and I might, but, like, well, ESPN right. wouldn't. No. And, like, the, that's, the, that's the thing where I sort of feel bad for him is that, like, so many, like, you know, millions of people that didn't know who D'Angelo Russell was, like, a week ago now know him only as the guy that videotaped his teammate right. cheating on, like, it's, and that's just, that's a shame. This will blow over, mm-hmm. but... It's already lasting a little bit longer than I thought it would. Like, the big news on Monday was the Kyrie Irving stuff. And nobody cares about that at mm-hmm. all anymore. Like, nobody's talking about it because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's no, sad it's, for D'Angelo. It's too bad. That's all we got. This is going to work out. We won't even have to take the break. Nice. Um, Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, no, we'll, we'll skip movie trivia today. Although, as I did say, I did have someone when I was back home, uh, my, my friend Brandon. I'll give him a shout-out. I don't nice. know how often he actually listens to the pod, but nice. he said he loved the movie trivia. Shout-out, Brandon. Um, yeah, shout great basketball player. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had to take him down in the finals of the alumni tournament. But sure. We'll, we'll cover that on the Wrightstown Alumni Basketball Tournament podcast uh, next week, but we'll be back next Thursday. All right, cool.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.